and welcome to the Swiss Cheese Project podcast. I'm your host, Toast. And I'm Lost Boy. And in this week's news, the ATF has fucked up yet again with the ever so popular Honey Badger pistol. Today's topics are whether humans are inherently good or evil, and the flaws in communism and or Marx. So, do you want to start us out with this? Because this is kind of a neutral topic for us with uh, um, our first yeah. topic. All right. So, whether humans are good or evil. And, yeah. Well, I get, humans are social animals, and as such, we're extremely interested in what other people are doing and why, and to determine who is good and who is bad to see who you want to avoid or associate with. And... I guess there are different different takes or whatever, depending on what philosopher you follow. Like True. Uh, Rousseau said that people are gentle and pure, and Hobbes said that they're nasty and brutish. And then Aristotle and Freud had more neutral takes. Aristotle said that morality is learned, and Freud said that there was like a blank state. It was nature not yeah or it was nurture not nature yeah i like you can also even take it all the way over to like past philosophy like i i don't know your religion nor am i gonna really ask it's not my business but like you can look at like catholic outtake where all people are born into sin things like that where they basically say people are born evil right right or you can look at, you know, other takes where I, I can't really speak on other religions behalf. It's been a while since I've studied any kind of religion ever since I kind of found my own. So I stopped focusing on others um, yeah. where they say, well, people are born good. Mine, I don't really think has a take on it. Um, I think it really, I think that nurture and nature, like, uh, who is that again? Um it was basically both Aristotle and yeah. Freud. I think nurture and nature does play a hand. I think that um, inherently speaking, people are kind of born neutral because you do have to find a moral path. If that makes Does that make sense? Like there is no like good or evil. It is kind of more within the eye of the beholder because, you know, so one person can say, well, that's evil. And the other person can say, well, that's actually not that bad. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Even if you don't bring in moral relativity into yeah. it. So like, whether you say something is objectively good or, or evil, I don't think people are either born that objective, good or evil. Yeah yeah i think i remember what this started off of um it was uh whether or not what was it you'd return the money right yeah like, it uh, was you had sent someone yeah 15, more money as a yeah. tip and they didn't return it yeah they asked if i um, meant to send that much and they uh like my thought my thought initially off of it was that people would not initially do that and they would just take it and run 
Yeah. And that that that's mostly from that's speaking from personal experience. I'm not like saying that all people will just take it and run, 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 run. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying that. Like I know a lot of good people who would just be like, "Yo, did you actually mean to send me this?" Because initially when he t- sent me it, so he only asked, he only charged me fifteen dollars, right? Right. I sent him twenty because I gave him extra as a tip, but he was just like. Yo, you sent me a lot, and uh, initially, like when you send five dollars over, usually somebody expects it as a tip, you know? Yeah. They're just like, oh, okay, cool. That was really nice of them to send an extra for a tip, but I thought that I'd accidentally put an extra zero in there, and I'd sent him two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, I, I had a, a small heart. I, I had small heart attack on spot. I was just like, did I send you two hundred? And he was like, no, no, no. You sent me like five dollars too much. I was just like, no, no, no. And that was because like you're doing this for me and all that. He's just like, well, great. I can buy more propane with this. He's blacksmith. Um. But, like, I think that a lot of people, like, especially when it comes down to, like, points of greed, right? Like, I think a lot of people, and this is from coming from personal experience, will take it and run. Like, you accidentally fuck this up and you don't pay attention. And, like, as long as it's not, quote, unquote, too much, right? Because, like, there's obviously a difference between $15 and $200 and $20 and $200. Right. Um, But, like, say I accidentally, like, I, like, say... um, I accidentally hand somebody two twenty dollar bills instead of one, then they're they're more likely to take the extra one and just not say anything, and wait until I get home and go, oh fuck, you know. Maybe I don't know if I classify that as evil, but I I feel out of most of the experiences, yeah, they're more selfish when it comes down to like small bits of greed, massive bits of greed that you have to be quote unquote a lot more unmoralistic human being. Yeah, so I found bunch of different things different studies and everything that said either humans are good or evil yeah. most of the studies that were done especially in children though oh yeah came to the conclusion that humans are good oh especially like, in children i will 100 percent support that yeah like there was this 2010 study in infant cognition from uh somewhere in yale university and they really? had a bunch of one-year-olds that watched a video of uh-huh. some like amorphous shape trying to climb a hill while there were two other shapes that either helped or tried to stop that first shape from climbing the hill. And they were overwhelming. Then they were asked to choose uh, which shape they liked the most. And like 90% of them liked the helper versus the one that tried to stop the shape oh, from climbing. That's really cool. I, I love the, um, I will outright say that I think that except for certain exceptions, all right, children are more pure to being the quote unquote good. Right. Um, you like definitely there are exceptions, you know, sociopathic children. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm not dissing on anybody. If anybody who listens to this podcast who is who is an actual medically diagnosed sociopath, I'm not shitting on you or anything like that. But I've seen stories where the sociopathic child kills his little brother. Um, and like generally speaking, they are more to be a uh, less helpful individual, if that, goes, if that makes sense. They're more a solo flyer, if that makes sense. Yeah, they have sense. a hard time. They have a hard time interacting with other people and understanding, especially at such a young age. Um, 
at least that's from my understanding. Don't quote me on it. No, yeah. But then I also found a study of adult or adults that uh, people or the, I guess the people who are doing the study put yeah. out 17,000 fake lost wallets that had some like nominal amount of cash in them. Yeah. And, but they had a, a license or something where they could return the money and 72% of people returned the wallet with the cash still inside. Wow. Now that's, I, I was expecting more like something like 54% or something like that. Like with the cash inside is the, the, the with the cash inside is the catch. Right now, I understand returning the wallet but taking the cash. I know <laughs> I actually know a few people who would do that. No, they wouldn't touch the cards. They wouldn't touch the ID. They wouldn't do anything. But they would definitely take the cash. And I will outwardly admit, as a human being, as being from times in which I have been poor. All right, and yeah. this is substantially more poor than I am already. Before I like started working four hours a week and doing things like that, <laughs> I will outwardly admit that like. I once came across a wallet, right? And you're going to think that this story is going in the wrong direction. It actually isn't. I was, I had like entire $13 in my bank account or something at the time. And I like looked at this wallet and inside there was like 50 bucks in cash. And I, I won't lie. I guess that that's, this actual thing proves it because I was just like, I'm not going to close <laughs> the wallet and I returned it. I don't know if that's just the way that I was raised. And I guess that's the way that a lot, like a lot of people, especially out of like your generation, I believe, I think your generation and mine are either the same or very close. Like you're millennial and I'm Gen X, I believe. Or sorry, no. I'm Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. And you're. Are you? Yeah, I am Gen Z. Just literally. I'm by not one sure year, when that cut off. actually. It's yeah. uh, 96 and forward. So most people know I'm 23. So, you know, I was yeah, born so in 97. Gen Z. Yep. And you're okay. whatever was before Gen Z that was millennial or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Is that millennial? Okay. Yeah. It's generation Y, but it's yeah. typically called millennial. Millennials. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I feel like most of our generation was like, try, they tried to bring us up to like not do shit like that. But then they also failed and like not coddling us. Like me as the oldest child, I didn't get caught at all. I got beaten the shit out of, to be honest. Not physically, but mentally. Um, <laughs> that can be yeah. just as bad. It is. Um, I can outwardly admit that to some extent. It's or worse. Even. I wouldn't say I was on the worst end. I would say that it was. It was pretty. It was like getting slapped in the face every day by your parent. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the topic. <laughs> um, people can. I think that. I think that a lot of people, more people want to be good than evil, quote unquote. Yeah. So I think that in a lot of settings, like moralistically speaking, you'll probably find a little bit until it becomes dire towards an individual. All right. Until it becomes, because I don't think a lot of people are willing to quote unquote sacrifice themselves. I know that I'm not for a lot of scenarios. Like, you know, you wouldn't sacrifice yourself for quote unquote the better good because you, you know, a lot of people have a mortality issue. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I, I feel like that's one thing that is like a big one when you decide in this conversation. I think that a lot of people, when it comes down to small things like returning wallets, people are inherently good. Yeah, but a lot of people will go out of their way to save a, a stranger. Like, if 
you were sitting in a waiting room or something and yeah. some stranger's baby was about to fall off a chair, you'd like instinctively reach to grab that rather than just let it happen. Well, yeah, no. But also, mind you, humans have an affinity for younger humans. So, like, change that to, like, a normal adult who seems already sporadic and they just fall. Like, do you want to touch that person? And because, you know, a lot of people are. I think uh, most people underlying. would show concern. I, I think most people would show concern, but I, I think that they'd let them hit the ground. No offense. Maybe. Yeah. More so than a baby, at least. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I would be one of the people who would let him hit the ground. Like, because I'm just like, like, if I grab him, is he going to attack me? Things like that. Because that, that's where almost this almost goes full circle to, is he inherently good or evil? Or is she inherently good or evil? You know? Like, yeah. are, even if they're good, are they going to give me a disease? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it, it all comes down to, like, because you you almost play this every day without even noticing it. It's true. You know, like when you work, you like if you say work retail, I don't know if you ever have, but I have. You, yeah, like you know whether or not you help that you know customer out with this that or the other thing, or how much you help them out with this that or the other thing, and it can all just come from how they approach it with tone of voice. Like, yeah, that's true. Person, yeah. Like, I want to say that as a mass majority, minus things like naturally born sociopaths and naturally born psychopaths, things like that, and naturally born communists, uh, um, people are inherently good. That last part was a joke. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone's naturally born a communist. Unfortunately. We can only hope. I'm an optimist. <laughs> I'm an opportunist. <laughs> <laughs> close yeah it's close it's close enough but yeah no i think that as a mass majority i would say i would give a hard 80 percent, if not higher that people are born inherently good yeah probably i think, I think that people can develop into being inherently evil definitely yeah i saw uh some study that said when the hormone oxytocin is inhibited that subjects of that study were significantly more selfish when yeah if you don't know oxytocin is the hormone that makes us feel empathy it's like uh oh, like the, the okay. love so that's, hormone that's what oxytocin is yeah so yeah, like know, oxytocin know, yeah it's serotonin the, and dopamine and i like both <laughs> You know, oxytocin's like that deep love okay. hormone. And it's, it's so like they even, <laughs> yeah, they even give shots of oxytocin to new mothers in hospitals to I can see that. make them develop that bond. More love towards their child. Yeah, yeah. I, can see, I can actually see that. I can see that because it makes it so that the mother is less, because mothers will go be, uh, through, um, Depression yeah, postpartum birth. depression. Yeah. Yep. So if you give them oxytocin, then they will most likely, uh, how do you put this, um, delay that depression if they get it at all. And they will find a more love for their child. Yeah. So I, can see it. I, can I don't know if they it. it would delay it, but I think they would fight through it better. Yeah, that, that's what I'm kind of saying. 
like because de- depression in its own way it really can't delay it but at yeah. the same time like you can kind of block it out that's that's probably the better phrasing yeah yeah it blocks it out so that makes a lot more sense so yeah yeah so this study concluded that it was the presence or absence of oxytocin that really made someone a good or a bad person so the presence of it makes people more selfish so quote unquote bad no, if you have more oxytocin, then you feel more empathetic to people. And so oh, you feel less some. selfish. <laughs> so if you don't have oxytocin in your system, then you don't feel empathy and you feel more selfish. That actually makes me wonder about, like, on a side note, that makes me wonder about how if um, sociopaths, like, produce oxytocin or not. Like... Obviously, you need some of it to survive because it is a chemical that functions your brain. But because sociopaths lack empathy, I do actually wonder if they don't produce that much oxytocin. Probably not. I think people become sociopaths and psychopaths because of a lack of... uh, Oh, what is it? Uh, Lack of love. (laughs) Well, yeah, basically. I was trying to think of like the the technical term yeah I think like that, being like attached to people a lack of attachment i think that's yeah pretty similar yeah i know a lot of people can form um become uh, psychopaths through lack of attachment yeah if you can't form attachments to your like parents or caregivers or whatever then you don't get that oxytocin and so yeah, yeah you have a really good chance of becoming a sociopath yeah. explains why i was so crazy as a child um Oh, this is uh, satirical. Can't come after me. <laughs> um, to an extent, it's satirical. On the other hand, it's hard truth. We're going to go with satire for tonight, though, because I'm not in love dwelling on my past. Yeah, that's um, for the past, probably. Yeah, for the podcast and myself. Mental Health Awareness Month was sometime too, not too far away. Um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Always, oh, mental health is always good and i think that actually does have to do a lot with uh whether people are inherently good or evil i will actually admit that yeah i think so i think the no no offense to a mass of the population especially my gener, especially my generation because unfortunately you see a lot in my generation a lot of drop after they're like small children you know no not a lot of my friends got love from as uh, teenagers from their parents um <laughs> and that, that kind of comes with me as well not a lot of love, not a lot of attention, not a lot of anything to learn, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, depression plays a big key into my into my uh, um, generation. If you have not noticed through, uh, like, amounts of online shit posting, not even just from me, but, like, just the amount of, like, depressed posting that you see out of my generation. Yeah, that, it seems like, like there's a good amount of that. There's a lot... Like, as somebody who went to school with this and watching my brother, who is only four years younger than me, like, have actual, like, major amounts of depression and watching, like, his friends, like, they almost take it as a joke, you know? But, like, you actually see a split. You see either really empathetic people, all right? Or you see people who almost completely disassociate with how other people are doing. Yeah. And, like... I'm not gonna lie. The empathetic ones are the ones that I don't think are gonna kill people. Um, That's probably a good assessment. Yeah, no. <laughs> they feel bad about it afterwards. 
Um, no, but like when you look at because if you look at the press individuals, generally speaking, you either get a lack of association, so or you get an over association, so very empathetic. Yeah. And I guess that kind of comes back to like, you know, the good or evil, quote unquote, with inheritance. Because people who are less likely to associate are more likely to let that baby fall. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so pretty much the only arguments for humans being evil are like the presence of like wars and violence and crime and stuff. But, I believe that is more built than born. Yeah. The only and, study that I found that uh, that supported that was through chimpanzees and saying that yeah, chimpanzees will have their own wars and will be violent. And so it's not a human central thing. Yeah, no. I Have you ever actually looked at that stuff? Like that's a, I didn't even think about that until now. But yeah, no, like chimpanzees are like incredibly docile until they hit like an adult stage and then they become like assholes. Yeah. Like erratic bloodthirsty assholes. It's not even a joke. Yeah, so I'm not sure what that says about chimpanzees, but... That is a really weird change in... uh, How do I... uh, um... I, I, I can't find the word for it, but it's behavior. It's a yeah. really weird change in behavior. But yeah. yeah, no. I do know what you're talking about, and I can see I can see that. Yeah, but even but, so, like wars just because wars happen and the wars exist doesn't mean that that's like in human nature. Evil. There's no war gene or whatever. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm genetic for war. Like every civilization throughout history has made pottery, but there's not like a pottery gene in humans. So just because it happens doesn't mean that that's human nature. I think that it's easily corrupted. I think that's a good phrasing for it. I think that human nature is easily corrupted from being good to turning evil. Because of how emotional humans are, yeah, you can easily be swayed into like losing that empathy, losing like and just becoming hateful. I think it's very easy, and it can just be a minor thing, or it can be a buildup of things, and just a person can snap really easily. I would say we're probably one of the easiest species that can overstress into a complete personality change. Like we're we're not like chameleons where if we get too stressed we just fucking die. We, I mean, a couple of us do, <laughs> but um, generally speaking, you see like an entire personality switch, whether it be for a week or for the rest of their life. Yeah, that can be true. Uh yeah, that's a whole nother topic, I think. Yeah, we could say that for the future, but like, I think that it is more human nature is more inherently good and mind you i'm writing the neutral i started writing i started out with this by writing the neutral i'm ending with i think that human nature is inherently good but easily corrupted and or flawed yeah i think it's based on like the evolutionary 
behaviors that will increase humans chance of survival you know like if yeah being a good person is going to make you a more respected or whatever member of your society then that's gonna help you survive that so it also goes into like resource management and if there's adequate resources and safety and everything in your community or society then humans will generally be good to each other because they don't have to fight over anything but as soon as resources become scarce then people basically become animals they'll trample anyone to provide for their families and themselves you can see that anytime that there's a breakdown in society and and in third world countries and everything i can agree with that i can agree with that so it's definitely uh situational i think that's the way that we would phrase it is it's a situational thing yeah that people are not born either good or evil yeah but it depends on their situation right i would agree with that 100 percent. that was definitely a insightful topic so on to the next one communism and marks the flaws in it Oof. You know, this is this is always a fun topic for us, and I'm not going to start it out with saying it's because it doesn't work. Um. All right, so I could talk a little bit about Marxism and the history of it and everything, and then we can get into the... Yeah, go ahead. I've read a little bit in the Marx. I have not read enough to uh, be overly insightful. I've wanted to read the Communist Manifesto for a while, just failed to get a copy. I've read the Manifesto. You can get it like a free pdf online it's only like 40 or 50 something pages oh okay it's not that that bad i haven't read dos cop at all it's like 300 pages long yeah no nothing i i've just seen mostly quotes and everything pulled from it i think i started reading the manifesto slightly in high school and then I just, shit happened in high school and that was just a hellstorm. So you go ahead and then you start out with explaining it and we'll both uh, give our inputs on the flaws to it. All right. So Marxism is basically an economic and social system derived from the works of obviously Karl Marx, but also Friedrich Engels. And it says that the capitalist system allows the bourgeoisie to exploit the proletariat. And it therefore needs a socialist uh, revolution to form what Marx called a dictatorship of the proletariat, which I thought was very accurate, with the ultimate goal of ownership of the means of production, distribution, and exchange, all of which is owned by the proletariat or working class. And he had this concept of history that he used to analyze social development and everything called historical materialism and he had four stages of history in this historical materialism and the first one was primitive communism that he called which he basically wanted to get back to and that was like cooperative tribal societies that didn't have money, didn't have, I don't know, like 
wages and all that. They didn't have a wage. They didn't have a fiat system. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then it. Then there was slave societies, which was the transition to city states, and the aristocracy, or like the, the landed class or whatever was born. Uh-huh. And then there was feudalism, where the aristocrats started to rule everybody, and then there developed the merchant class, which evolved into the capitalists. And so, as of 18, whatever, 50 something, whenever Marx decided to write his manifesto, it, it, was capitalism and it's still capitalism now that's when the capitalists rule and they create and employ the proletariat and uh, so yeah there are basically two classes that can be broken down into a couple other classes which are the proletariat which is the working class the wage laborers and they can be that's the base class and then there's also the lumpen proletariat which is like criminals and beggars and prostitutes and all the people that don't really contribute to the society and he felt like they would not be part of the revolution and even though they're not capitalists or bourgeoisie that they're not really part of the proletariat but they kind of are it's kind of funny like on the side note it's really funny because you see a lot of uh sex workers who advocate for communism yeah even though Karl marx would not agree with them no no one bit yeah and then obviously there's the bourgeoisie which are the capitalists and the landed aristocracy and all they do is exploit laborers for their profits and then there's a subclass of the bourgeoisie which is the petite bourgeoisie which is small business owners and like peasant landlords and trade workers. And he felt that a socialist revolution would drag them from the middle class into the proletariat, but that they would have to get rid of the actual capitalists and aristocracy. And so Marx said the revolution is inevitable and was necessary to seize the state in order to suppress the capitalists in order to implement socialism at which point a profit motive would be eliminated because there'd be no way to exploit workers and there'd be no way to gain favor with politicians and therefore the state would just wither into a capitalist commune and then obviously uh as an economic system, there's no fiat money, there's no prices, no wage labor. And if there is, then uh, the labor theory of value was Marx's economic system, basically, which was uh, like whatever amount of labor you put into something i don't even know how to quantify that whether it's like effort or time determine the price of it 
right. That seems fair. Yeah, and so under capitalism, that's really the most concerned because that's where the exploitation is. Because anything over that is just exploited and stolen from workers that made whatever's being sold. It also came to the, the saying or the phrase that you either have to work for a capitalist or starve. Uh, <laughs> uh, that phrase pisses me off so much. I've been told it multiple times through Twitter. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced it if you've ever argued with communists. They've said always something very similar to it. Well, yeah, that's one of the main themes of Marxism, at least yeah. for Twitter Marxists. Oh, God. So on to the actual topics of actually talking about this, I would say. <laughs> so I'm going to start with um, socialism is um, is socialism and communism are incredibly similar. And communism derives from socialism. <laughs> socialism. Yeah. It would seem, at least. In my opinion, communism derives from socialism. Well, according to Marx, that it's the same thing. He used yeah. he used socialism and communism and a couple other synonyms interchangeably. Yeah. To that's mean one, his end state goal of like communes. That's one thing that always confuses me with uh democratic socialists. Um I hate that term. It's just it's just communism with extra steps. Um, is basically they're just like, well, you know, with Karl Marx is just like you do realize that you're quoting the man who called it the same thing, right? Um, because he did, he believed it was the same thing, and socialism already has been like when it's put into actual account, there is no actual, there's no real change from whatever like whenever i notice it right so we're not talking about like europe here where they don't have to pay for defense because the united states does it and so then they can just do their happy little socialist welfares and then everybody can only just have to pay for schools and everybody else's medical i'm talking about things like venezuela um where they don't have any back funding and really all you did was make your government worse because you spike taxes and uh, everybody ran out of money, so you had to print more money for everybody to have. And for some odd reason, like you tried to w- go with the socialist economics, or you know, dare I That's say, the communist, flaw, yeah, communist economics. Um, because honestly, it's more communist economics. It's how it ends up being, is they continue on capitalism. They don't ever actually change anything, except the government takes more power. I think but, that's what, yeah. That's, that's the problem. The, that's the as, biggest flaw to all of it is that nothing really changes except you get a dictator, and your taxes go up fifty percent. Yeah, that's the problem. There is no real communist economics because no. there, it, if without a, prices, you can't determine value and what I, how goods should be distributed. Yeah, but that's I, how they how the governments always try to yeah do it at best it was a good read 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sorry and that's at best I'm, i i disagree with like i think that communism paper there are no rulers and we all just work together it sounds like a phenomenal idea until i remember how much i hate people and how much i love gold and silver um <laughs> and ammunition because i'm sorry but like i mean i guess if you wanted to you could consider a chicken for a thousand rounds of ammo i guess but you would need like, to have then that that that's still price gouging. That's so, still price marking. Yeah, but it's still making capitalism out of nothing. Right. That's the thing. You need to have private property and free trade in order to be able to establish decide anyway. prices, right, and markets. And because that's, prices biggest... are like economic signals that people use to make decisions about buying or not buying things. It's one of the biggest issues with communism as a whole is that like the first thing that's a big issue with communism that every fucking communist fights, generally speaking, Twitter, sometimes you get it outside, almost 100% <laughs> is there shouldn't be property owners. Okay, then how about I just walk into your house whenever I want to? It's I'm our sorry. house. It's it, our house. <laughs> sorry it's now our house like honestly like you look at soviet propaganda alone and basically what it was doing was it was pushing communism while behind the scenes it was just government dictatorship it well, was like yeah, pushing that incredibly that, in inc that incredible like well you don't entirely see it with like venezuela but you look at it from like the communist perspective of like like when you like sorry not communist it, it's What's kind the of the same thing the, Sovi the soviet propaganda of this is our way of doing it. Our, not this is the way of doing it. This is our way of doing it. This is our manufacturing. But really, th there's no actual capital being like, like they're still distributing capital, which is the exact opposite of what Marx intended. And honestly, I question if it's kind of what Lenin, because Stalin is what really, really, really screwed with any of the structure of the Soviet Union. I'm not saying that Lenin was any better. But like Lenin was like still had that like socialist like how do I put this I, I want to say reprieve but really it wasn't um he had that like socialist mindset for economics but yeah. it didn't work because not everybody Lenin wanted to do what like yeah like not everybody wanted to do what Lenin did see that's the biggest problem with communism and like wanting to national or social demo socialist democracy all right or social democracy for um, those who feel like not calling it socialism. Um, the biggest issue well those are different things have... social democracies democratic yeah. socialists and communists are all well, different systems it, it all aligns i'm gonna be 100 it all aligns in one way or another well they're all centrally planned yes. economies like um the problem is is that everybody has to agree on it and uphold their agreement to it that is problem one. Yeah. Everybody has to act as if they are equal with one another, want to help the well-being of everyone. This includes the people they hate, even to the point where they would kill them. This includes them. They want to help these people as well. All right. Problem well, number I think one they is that you have to have think that. that they would have been killed in the revolution. Well, what I'm saying is like, oh, this dude like fucked you over really badly. All right. Like it's because some people can build a hatred off of enough of that quote unquote backstabbing. All right. Okay. 
like the, the unforgiven acts of like one person to another, whatever whatever it may be. All right. So you still have to pay into that system with the expecting of well-being towards that individual. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think problem number two is, is that then the people let the government take over it because the people are not willing to put in the effort to do it themselves. That's a big difference between a lot of uh, people like us, where we're free market capitalists, where we go, throw the fucking government out the window, we can do this ourselves. A lot of communists are saying, well, we can have somebody direct us on how to do this correctly. The person directing you is just going to end up putting you against the wall. Yeah, right. Everyone everyone <laughs> that calls themselves a communist envisions themselves being part of that vanguard party. But there's like a 99% chance that they're just going to end up in a camp somewhere that's at best that's at best they're more likely to end up facing a wall i'm gonna be like just look at stalin and the gulags pull pot what is it now you look at any of that and you're just like well like i i do question how anybody who supports communism and even anarcho-communists i understand the idea of voluntary communism i disagree with it and i think it's stupid they just bring Um, up the not real communism argument yeah it's not real communism. Well, what is real communism? Because you have yet to prove it. We've had plenty of cases, even like you look at Mesopotamia, all right, where there was still like, like they say that there's still a trade system done. That's still technically capitalism. Whether or not they had an actual fiat system, they had complaint records it's back free then. Free markets, at least. It was a free market. And yes, I understand that voluntary communism, anarcho communism, is based off of free market, but you also have to understand it's our house. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, there is, like, the biggest issue with communism, like, the biggest prime issue with communism, outside of the ones that I stated earlier, is that there is zero privacy. Yeah, everything, there's universal ownership. Yes. And there's going to be that one asshole that overpulls from all that ownership. And there's also going to be that other asshole who does nothing. I get it. The the Soviet propaganda, you don't work, you don't eat. Well, a lot of people work two days a week and then ate sandwiches the rest of the week. If they ate at all. (laughs) And that, that, that's like most of the time the workers were the ones that didn't eat. The people who just sat on their asses ate more often. Um, yeah. Just ask any fucking Ukrainian and they'll tell you that. Ask any person that gets – that's where the term Gopnik came from. Somebody who works two days a week, goes home, smokes cigarettes, and eats sandwiches all week and drinks. <laughs> that's where the term Gopnik came from. Like holy fuck. It was to refer to lazy people who didn't do anything yet got the evil even share. Yeah. It doesn't work. Like, how would you feel if I made 10 bullets, went home and had the same amount of food and everything as you did? And like, I, I know that this, this is just like a statement towards like anybody. If there's ever a communist that listens to this shit, please understand that we're not actually just like shitting on your thing just because we're capitalists. It's because we're making fair points here. It's not that this isn't real communism. The problem is that it doesn't really work unless everybody, everybody is willing to put in their share and upholds it. But that, that hasn't been the case in ever in Soviet Russia and the people's and Republic of China and the, the North Republic. Korea. 
I mean, two peoples of Republic of China is debatable because most of the time, if they don't eat work, then they're put up against the wall. Soviets got away with some shit. China perfected it. Um, yeah. Like, China perfected that dictator communist. I will give them that. They perfected that absolute hellhole in which all of us just, like, don't want, you know? Well, that's because they learned from Russia. They learned from and, the Soviets. They learned yeah. exactly not what to do. So did North Korea. <laughs> you don't work in the rice fields, we'll die. <laughs> well, in North Korea, it's... I guess it's more decentralized. But it is. there's no, like, support system or anything. So if you don't work in the rice, the rice fields, then you don't get a ration or whatever. And there's yeah. no one else to turn to because everyone else only has their individual ration. ration. And no one's, no one's willing to give up their individual ration to someone this who's is not communism. working. This is communism. Have your individual rations. Yeah. But I'm still hungry. Well, sucks to suck. Right. That's that's where you get the jokes about people eating grass because they would literally like boil grass water because yeah. there was no food. And because they mismanaged the rice inventory especially during uh, periods of crop failures that North Koreans were literally starving, even if they worked because there just wasn't food because they could not calculate could, uh, a distribution correctly because they didn't take into account prices. Yeah. <sighs> like, I, I wish, like like I said, at best, communism in the, as a whole was a good read. It's, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great, like, there's no perfect system. That's a big thing that a lot of people don't understand, that there's no perfect system. There's going to be flaws in whatever you do, whether you like it or not. Like, yeah. the unfortunate sides to, like, things like free market. You can unfortunately like, and this is not the shit on us. This is a shit on us, to be honest. Like, this is the shit on us. Um, like free market, you can pull in things like slavery, I which guess. is a very big down. It's it, it is. It's true. Whether we want to admit it or not, there is a downside to it. Whether or not you want to admit, it. you can prevent these downsides. Free market is a lot easier to prevent downsides in. Of course, it's still free market, like things like black market anarchists, you know, where they support a free market to all of its extent, you know, they're still capitalists like us. They just have different views of it. All right. Okay. Because what, what black market anarchy, everything is legal. Like, there's no account into like it's and it's all capitalism because it's still free trade. That's not really capitalism. And everything it's is not legal free through the free capitalism. market. It's not free markets. It's still you free can't... markets. No, how can you trade a person and say uh, that's still free trade? Capitalism, baby. Yeah, capitalism. That's why I don't call myself a capitalist. Well, I don't call myself an absolute capitalist either when you want to go down to the point of trading people. I call myself a capitalist when it comes down to economics. Like, I don't think that you should be trading people at all. You know that. I think we had this discussion last podcast. Um, but, like, this, there are ups and downsides to each economy. Um, but to say that a sex worker in a communist economics will get better, equal if not better, 
will be equal if not better off to a capitalist sex worker is ludicrous. Yeah, and that is not in a Marxist system. Especially not in a Marxist system. Especially not. So I'm sorry, but like there's a diff- like how, how do you even gauge that like how many rations do you get if you give out pussy <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you uh, take it i don't from, even know because how would you right? value that i know exactly That's well i point. guess it like, would ba- be based on how long you worked how hard you worked i guess i don't know like communism confuses me because it like especially anarcho-communism because like I get the idea of like the community garden and stuff like that, but like it, it stops at that, you know. Like the community garden makes sense until it's only that, you know. Yeah, but, like the, the whole thing is based on people only taking what they need and there being enough for everybody that they need. Exactly. So, like, does that mean that the person with like three kids works more than the person with two kids? Like, see, this is like this is like you're this is capitalists who have a vague understanding of how communism works is questioning how communism would work. (laughs) Yeah, it's called the economic calculation problem. Yeah, that's and capitalism is the easiest solution to that. And I think that's why you and I value free markets so highly is because we get that it is a lot simpler. Not only is a lot simpler, it's a lot more effective. Right. And um like like I'm not just gonna throw in the page because I've wanted to since I started just to say, well communism just doesn't work. I just don't see a feasible way of it working. Yeah, well like, it, it doesn't based on it, all the reasons we've stated already. It does yeah, the problem with communism in quote unquote its purest form, all right. So Marx communism at or even just anarcho-communism. The problem is is that you are putting in a lot more energy than you are getting back. Yeah. Versus capitalism, where you can put in equal, less, and you can put in more equal or less energy and get it back, you know? Like, of course, there's going to be downsides to capitalism. If you do poorly, you're going to end poorly, all right? Yeah. But... Even if you do moderately, you should end moderately, you know? Yeah, in theory. In theory. Like, of course, this ha- it's been a <laughs> It's really hard to prove it considering, it, like, free market, like, true free market, it's been forever since it's been done, if ever. Yeah, there are very few free markets in history. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but back to Marxism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's flaws. So, like, one of my main flaws with Marxism is that they're consequentialists, which means that they don't care about how they get to their communes and their dictatorship of the proletarians. Yeah. And they use moral relativism to explain away all their atrocities and putting people up against the wall or in camps or in their it's, wars to kill any non-believers. Yeah. That's probably one of my issues, biggest issues with uh, communism is that there's never been a communist society without a death count because of communism. 
That's right. Like, yes. Like, my favorite argument for communists against capitalists is, like, have you seen how many people the U.S. government has killed? Well, that's not capitalism killing people. Like, yes, you can argue the troops dying, maybe. That's at best. Like, especially, let's, let's rephrase, in more recent wars, like the ones over oil, all right? That's, that's going to be your best bet. But never has a capitalist society, like, like ours, like ours, all right? Well, it... And we're one of the better examples of capitalism, right? As hor- like that's that's going further back than as of right now because we are very limited right now. Yeah, but it, I don't know. If that's a good argument because what what governments do isn't neither people. socialism nor communism yeah. nor capitalism. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, well, I mean, the problem is that like people have been killed in the name of communism a lot more than people have been killed in the name of quote-unquote well, capitalism. Right. People have been killed by communism either on the front end during the revolutions that are always bloody always. or on the back end because of, yeah, because of poor resource management and starvation or at best, like the shortages that Venezuela's faced. Oh, God. I mean, the shortages the Soviet Union faced. Well, that's yeah, but, be- yeah, that's but that, that resulted in millions of people that starved to death. Oh, yeah, no. Well, yeah, that's almost the point that we're talking, is that, like... Yeah, but that's not specifically of because of the governments themselves. That's because of the socialist policies that the governments employed. So communism. Right. That's not because of the government themselves. Okay, now I get I, I get what you're trying to separate here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that makes a lot more sense. I don't know. Like, there are so many issues with it, and the one of my biggest issues with communism is that it requires you to basically execute people. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, by definition, communism and socialism suppress individual rights in the name of the collective. Yep. And even though all of the Twitter communists and socialists will say that they support minorities and minority rights. Minorities are the ones that most often get killed. Right. Even though individuals are the smallest minority and you can't really be genuine if you say that you don't support individuals while also saying that you support minorities. Otherwise you're just saying I support groups of people, not actual minorities the one thing that is also very um disturbing is that a lot of anarcho-communists do not support voluntarism no because voluntarism uh requires individualism yep and yeah marxism is just like the worst it's just envy (laughs) yeah it's just like the idolatry of envy yeah, honestly, I think that you're right. Like, I I want to try to give it an upside. I want to because I like to, I like to bring that small optimistic part of me that says that there's an upside to like a lot of things, you know. Yeah. And the only one that keeps coming forward for me is the community garden, and that's like the only thing. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. It's the only thing that I've found. And even then, that's still flawed because there will be people that take more than they need. Um, like, the community garden is the best ideal to it. And, like, people will still take more than they need, whether it be now or later, you know? Yeah, that's why I think all these communists are disingenuous when they say that they care about peace and everything because they're ready to kill off anybody who is like that so they're only left with the 10 people in the world that are willing to be in a communist commune yeah like i um i used to on on side like this does have to do with the conversation i used to be very much you know throw communists out of helicopters and stuff like that and i was just like (laughs) Like it's it's a fun meme. It's a it fun is a meme. fun meme. Yes, it is an incredibly fun meme. But in all reality, I really wouldn't. I mostly just yeah. want to be left alone. Now there are plenty of communists that have told me that I should die just because I think that there should be capitalist economics. Right. Yeah. That it's hard to say that people who don't value communism are not people and should be killed, and then say. You can't just throw communists out of helicopters because they're people. Yeah, no. I think, yeah, the biggest ironies are definitely that and sex workers, I would say. Oh, one of the biggest ironies is that the whole Marxist class structure is, like, outdated and wrong. Yeah, because almost everyone has, like, a 401k or something like that. And if you own a single share of a fortune or not a fortune, uh, an S and P 500 company, then because they're all invested basically in each other indirectly, you own all of them, which account for the majority of the production domestically. So if you own one share of one of those companies, then you own the means of production. And You've already got socialism. Yep. I think one thing that pisses me off very heavily is uh, when people like, now hear me out, right? When people are just like, I'm communist because people like Jeff Bezos exist. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I hate Jeff Bezos. I do not hate him because he's rich. He's definitely played the game well, all right? He's played the game to questionably its finest, all right? Yeah. I hate him because he's an asshole. (laughs) That's the only reasoning behind it. I don't hate him because he's rich. I do think that, like, from a personal standpoint, if I had that much fucking money, I'd definitely, like, because I'm that kind of person. I'm not telling other people that they have to do this either, all right? Uh, As the kind of person I am, I would definitely give more back to community because that's who I am as a person. Yeah, I think most people would. Like I know people just, in the United States. Yeah, but uh, the, despite having a higher marginal or a higher actual tax rate than most people in other countries, yeah, give way more to charity. Yeah, I think it's very like one. Which thing also that, goes back to the people are inherently good thing. Yeah. It does. And I think that inherently good in communism can almost intersect because if you think that communism is the best idea, you're inherently bad. 
Um, because the one biggest issue that a lot of communists don't understand is that even underneath a capitalist society, you can still be a decent person. You can still give to other people. Just because you're capitalist does not mean that you cannot give things to people for free or anything. You can still give people gifts. You can still help somebody out that's on the operating table. This, that, and the other thing. That's the thing that a lot of communists don't fucking understand. <laughs> that you can still be a good person and still earn money. That's right. Just because Jeff Bezos is a fucking dickhead that didn't help out the Amazon <laughs> rainforest, that doesn't mean that every person that makes a lot of money is a dickhead. There are plenty of like very quiet, very quiet, very rich people that help a lot. Why? Because they have too much money to know what to do with it. So what they do is they help people. What is it fucking called? Um, fuck. Philanthropy? Yes, thank you. A lot of people are philanthropists. Poor, me, uh, uh, what is the class called? Middle class. Middle class, thank you. I wanted to call medium class, but I'm just medium like, they're class. not a steak. Um, <laughs> medium rare class. <laughs> they're the ones in between rich and uh, middle class. Um, yeah. Um, and there are plenty of people in the upper class who are, and I even added poor people to this, who are still philanthropists because they still donate to charity. I donate to charity and Via my wage, not my living, my wage. I am lower class. All right? Okay. My living states otherwise because I work with somebody who's middle class. All right? Yeah. Like, I, somebody, it's symbiotic, really. It's, it, it's a relationship through family, but it's still a symbiotic relationship with how we work things. How I live is middle class. How I work is low class. I still pay my rent and everything, though. Um, okay. The, the, that's just, I don't know. I always feel like I have to justify it. Um, but like, just because you're making money, that does not mean that you become an absolute dickhead that doesn't want to help society and or the community. Yeah, that's right. I I think that's a good place to end it. They, I think that even is. morally, you can yeah. be a or it's not even can be. It's you're a good person, whether you are for free markets or for centrally planned economies yeah i would agree with that i think it's heart in the right spot head in the wrong spot yeah so i think that's a good place to end it um yeah so that sums up the discussion i guess for sure thank well, you everyone for listening you can find me on twitter at liberty lost boy you can find me on that twitter at homie named toast that is homie named toast with a zero in toast and i would you i think you said that you don't have any special thanks to anybody yeah i don't have any shout outs or plugs really all right oh well, i would i want to thank um my grandmother my girlfriend both of them <laughs> have been incredibly supportive my girlfriend's been here the whole time I'm not gonna lie she hasn't been sitting in the background but she's been moving around but I'd like to thank my girlfriend, my grandmother. You're getting a sneak preview. Right. They're getting the small sneak. They, they, they always hear me. So they get small sneak preview. But I'd like to thank them for always being supportive and quiet while I do this shit. Um, and I think that that's mostly of my plugs. My best friend's also pretty nice because he came over and he's been chilling very quietly upstairs. But yeah, special thanks to my girlfriend, my grandmother, and my best friend. And All right. Yeah, everybody else who supports us on Twitter, I'd, I'd have to say it's definitely a special thanks to them. 
Anybody who listens, we have yet to get feedback though, like actual feedback. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's true. But it's it's definitely from Twitter that we started this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, special thanks to Twitter on that one because they're the ones that fucking put us in this position. I enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's a good place to end off. Thank you all again for listening and definitely have a wonderful day. Thank you.